Humans crave stories. Our brains are hardwired to find out what happens next. So today we are looking at the power of storytelling and I'm going to be talking to a copywriter who's taken her story all the way from a lived experience through to a stage at TEDx. You don't expect to be presented with your own mortality at the age of 30. Doing the talk was what I needed to hear back then. Mm-hmm. So it would be helpful for me, but other people going through that situation. Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write, and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative, while also being high impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. Today I have Charlotte Davis, who is now a TEDx speaker. I'm delighted to announce Um, she gave her first TEDx talk in Wolverhampton last week. And she's a copywriter, a friend of mine. We are on some courses together And so I'm really curious today to talk to you, Charlotte, about what got you into the whole copywriting business and what prompted you to get onto TEDx and and to speak. Because I'd like to know as well about, as copywriters, getting onto stages and putting ourselves out there, even if we feel like we're introverts, is a really important process of promoting ourselves as well. So I want to touch on that. So welcome, Charlotte, to Cracking Oh, thanks, Ella. So much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. So tell me, when did you first have the idea that you wanted to approach TEDx? Well, I hadn't really planned it. You know, people say, well, I have a vision board and I've got all these aspirations of speaking at TEDx or TED or all these different conferences. I didn't really think of that. For me now, um, I'm a cancer survivor. So given my medical history, I find it really hard to plan too far in advance and have better at it now let's say but have these big dreams and I think I've always been a bit like that to an extent not planning things too far out in the future but seeing what opportunities present themselves and a few uh, months ago AMA Lopez who's in 10x FC like we are um, she sent me this link to TEDx Wolverhampton saying I think you'd be really good at that and I hadn't even heard that it was going on but it kind of got the cogs ticking then a few weeks later I was speaking at a local event it's called Black Country Creative Chain I was doing a 10 minute slot about the rule of one which is as we know really important in copywriting and Claire who was who she's the curator for TEDx Wolverhampton she was speaking at the same event And she was saying how they were reopening the application process because they'd been inundated with talks about um, COVID. So I thought, 
oh, actually, I've got a really good story, which isn't COVID related. It would be a great opportunity. I like speaking and to be able to share my story, which my talk was, if your life were a book, is it a story you'd want to read? So that dealt with my life in my 20s when that was my motto when I was kind of not a risk taker as such, but I did things like white water rafting and I worked in music PR for a few years and I wasn't afraid to make the most out of life. Mm-hmm. And then 10 and 30, I was single. All my friends were getting married, friends having babies, things like that. None of that was happening for me. I was really stressed and burnt out in PR. So I thought I'll go and go traveling, basically. In the run up to that, that's when I started feeling ill. And when I was over there, uh, cut long story short, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is kind of blood cancer. I was air ambulance back to the UK and then had to go through um, chemotherapy in 2014. After that, it was really hard getting back to normal life. And I think that's something that I really wanted to get across in my talk is that you get the all clear and people people get saying to me things like, oh, you've got the rest of your life now. What are you going to do? And that can be really overwhelming because in such a short space of time, my life had gone from one thing and I was planning on doing all this international travel. You don't expect to be presented with your own mortality at the age of 30. Doing the talk was what I needed to hear back then. Mm -hmm. So it would be helpful for me, but other people going through that situation. Yeah. In that sense, the talk must feel like it's been quite cathartic. Helps you close a chapter of your life that has been quite traumatic by the Yeah, Yeah, because I've always been interested in storytelling and especially starting the copywriting training last year, I had a big um, pivot and looking at what people are saying about storytelling and the the frameworks for different storytelling the hero's journey as well um it reminds me of something I'd seen at a cancer charity uh, the Penny Brown Clinic down Mm -hmm. in Bristol one of their treatments I read about it in a leaflet was the hero's journey so it kind of sparked these things so I thought well how can I incorporate storytelling into my story because storytelling is is really a key part of of copywriting, isn't it? It's um, a key skill that all copywriters need to have. And and even though your talk, a lot of people go on to TEDx to talk about business-themed content and universal business concepts that we can learn from and things like that, but yours was a very personal story. Yeah, it was. The general theme of TED in the initial meetings, they said it's not promotional, You can't sell anything. You can't talk about your business. It's about ideas worth sharing. You can talk about your experiences, but it's not a blatant promotion of your business or service. The talks that do particularly well are the ones which are, they're not about me. It's about what is it that I can pass on to the audience that they can start thinking differently and start thinking in a way that is transformative. So, okay, it is my story, but how can I take what has helped me to help other people? I only had 12 minutes 
So you have to be really considered with every word that you write to keep the audience's attention throughout. So for me, I use the framework of story. Tell me, for a lot of people listening to this podcast won't have heard your TEDx talk yet. What, what were those takeaways? What did you want the audience to extract from your story? The running theme was resilience and that times might be difficult now, but you can get through it. And without those difficult times, you don't have a story. So the difficult times is what builds us and makes our our life story. Because if everything was perfect all the way through, that's dead boring, isn't it? (laughs) And nobody really wants, people want to portray that on social media. They don't share their vulnerabilities or they don't share their mistakes. And the mistakes are the things that make us laugh. They can be really difficult too, but they're the times that we learn most as well. So I Mm. think really looking at those difficult times, which happen a lot when you're in business, at the time you think, oh my goodness, it's so difficult. I'm never going to get any clients ever again. Or like these thoughts, clients' comments weren't great. There's so many different examples, but if you look at it and you think, okay, well, what can I do differently the next time? Was it that I picked the wrong kind of client to work with? Was it I need to do a bit more retraining in my own skills? Or is it just bad place, bad time? Yeah. <laughs> Reflect on it and see it's not just about you. It's about all these different factors. Yeah, as well. absolutely. And I, I, the way I like to look at it is is to identify, notice those things that we're noticing, those negative thoughts that come into our head and whatever, and find a way to reframe that into a positive mindset that's actually going to serve us. I've been doing a lot of work with a cloud software developer. They're all about developing an MVP of the software, a minimal viable product. And it is a really rough version. It's not a final version. They put it out there to be tested. They see what feedback they get and then they can build from it. So I think if you've just got all these ideas in your head and you're not doing anything with them, you're never going to improve on that because you can't. It's just an idea. But if you're willing to put an idea out there or a project and start working on a really small piece, you can build on that. So talking about that, you know, just putting stuff out there, how much courage has it taken you to actually, well, one, decide that you want to do this talk and be get up there on stage and actually deliver it you know was that an easy thing for you or is that have you found it a tough process in my past I've done a lot of public speaking foreign language in previous jobs I was an events manager and a development manager so I've done a lot of talks about my local theatre for rotary clubs or like different networking events the idea of getting in front of an audience I'm okay with that because I like the interaction and I like hearing people's responses and I think when you're a little bit vulnerable with yourself and you'll share your knowledge you'll get people do that in return with you and it's building those relationships which I really like in terms of TEDx Wolverhampton the subject matter of my talk I was really considerate about how much I wanted to reveal because there's some moments about There was a night in a hotel in Chiang Mai when I was coughing so much that I didn't know whether I'd wake up in the morning. And 
It was really powerful yeah. thing to share in your talk. Yeah, in my talk. And I thought, do I want people to know about that? And I think because it was a really upsetting memory and now I can talk about it without crying because I spoke to some people about it and they said, well, only show, share what you feel comfortable with, which I think is great advice. But also other people are going through really difficult times and hearing something like that from somebody who survived can be really powerful too, as you've just said. So I'm here to tell a tale. And I think sharing scars rather than wounds is if if they've pro- if you've processed them and you've learned from it, it can be really helpful. For me, speaking about it so much, if I think back to the memory, now it's it's still a bad memory, but it doesn't have the same impact as it used mm-hmm. to. Yeah, because you've learned how to de- deal with that. And and that's a really important principle that you can apply as a content creator, as a writer, to anything that you publish in public spheres, anything you put on social media. Only share what you're comfortable sharing, I think. Yeah. And and also make sure that if you are going through a rough patch, you don't have to share your vulnerability at the height of it. In fact, that can be kind of damaging, not only to you, but it, it might not reflect well. So it, it's far better just to to have acceptance, you know, before you start sharing, to have processed those feelings and to, to have learned the lessons so that at least what you do share, whether it's a social media post or something you say in a speech, you've learned from that and, and you can give a takeaway to the audience that's helpful and useful. When I think back about when I first started my cancer treatment, I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll have a blog, I'll do all this, I'll document it. But quite soon, things started to get really scary or I things don't go smoothly. And looking back, I'm really glad that I didn't share those things because they were too personal. I didn't want everybody to know my business mm. either. Some people are happy with sharing those things. But looking back, I wouldn't have been happy with revealing those kind of things. So I think you've got to think about your future self as well and there's a fine line and a balance, but yeah, sharing scars, not wounds. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. How do you think that doing this TEDx talk, going through this process has helped you as a copywriter? Yeah, so there's a lot that it has helped with. Distilling an idea into such a short amount of time, thinking about how every word is impactful, thinking about the structure I thought about all of these things before, but this is taking it to another level. (laughs) So, and really thinking carefully about the audience and how do I want the audience to feel? How do I want them to react in certain parts? And what do I want them to take away? Which you can apply the same principles for an email, a sales letter, any kind of public speaking yeah, I think the structure and just be the power of the words and the choice of the words. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of rehearsal involved and you had to memorize all those words. Yeah, they really advised not having any cards. So I I used to work in a theatre. I think I mentioned it before. But I, I contacted my actor friends or people who've had acting training and one actor who's also a public speaking coach for their advice on how to memorize lines as well. So they gave me some really great tips, like recording it on my phone. So I would listen to it while I was walking around as I fell asleep. Else told me to 
when you know it, speak it in different accents or sing it. So, <laughs> yeah, one Friday night, I did a whole kind of musical rendition of my talk, but it, it worked because it, I remembered it more and um, like adding different emphasis to the words as well. I used YouTube a lot to find out different techniques and one was to write out the tour just using the first letter of each word yeah. and I think so some people do it right at the start of the process when they've still got the, the script and then they take the script and then do it but for me I used it as a test to see how much I could remember and that was helpful to me yeah so, oh, that's really good. And would you say it was a combination of all those different approaches and techniques that helped you to memorize it? Or was the one thing that really helped above and all else? No, I think it's the cumulative effect of all the different things. But also I recorded it a few times because I I, I knew my words um, and then I presented it <laughs> in a cafe to my friend. And um, she was really... Uh, complimentary but she said just remember it's a performance and I went away thinking hmm what does she mean by that and she said you seem really confident I'm not criticizing you or anything but that kind of performance aspect made me consider how I looked on stage a lot more and the space that I was going to be taking up so I filmed myself a few times (laughs) <laughs> oh so many times on my mobile I've got um a ring light with a mobile phone holder so I had that in the kitchen and I kept presenting and then I I kept looking at my hands and thinking um well I don't my eyes were kind of darting about and I just didn't look confident so I went and watched a load of YouTube videos about hand gestures and yeah basically what to do with your hands so then the next day I was kind of plotting in um, a kind of hand strategy so I could use pointing effect if I wanted to add more emphasis on the words, um, like listing with one hand as well. And that helped me as well in the actual performance because I thought, oh, yeah, this hand gesture is now muscle memory. And it yeah. kind of triggered what words to say at certain times yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, certain times I did look at my hand when I was on stage and it was shaking a bit I thought oh no come on bring it in <laughs> but um, I I heard a quote from somewhere saying that when we're nervous we want to hide our vital organs so you need to make yourself look as big as possible to look confident so wow. I was really conscious about keeping my body open. There's actually a lot when you think about it bringing words to life in a a performance as you call it in a speech like that there is there's so many aspects to it and um, having that stage presence is a really important part of communication and the non-verbal cues through your body language really essential way to get your message across yeah that's interesting so what is the feedback that you've had then since the talk which went really well I'm assuming you didn't forget any of your lines that it you delivered it as you wanted to (laughs) brilliant yeah, um, did. I watched the talk live as a live stream and um, I, it was flawless to me. So well done. And what feedback, what commentary have you had since then? You know, what's been the reaction? Well, even during the presentation, during the talk, the lighting kept changing. So for most of it, I couldn't see the audience, which was really handy because the spotlight was so bright. But then it changed. and I saw somebody I knew 
in floods of tears. I thought. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'd practice it, I had I had some tears as well. But after afterwards, we did a Q and A, which wasn't filmed, and the feedback was really great. There, somebody else who had been misdiagnosed from with cancer as well she came up to me afterwards and said she said it was really powerful and that she'd experienced something not the same but similar so it was really interesting to hear her story as well generally it's been really nice with people saying it was really well written it kept them gripped and it was emotional what advice would you give to other people who are thinking about doing the talk what's the good of it Yeah, so I think you don't have to start at TEDx or anything like that. I've been doing different kinds of presentations for years and it can be just starting out if you go to a networking event or if you're part of an online community, quite often there's opportunities to talk and share your knowledge then. So to be able to do that and speak about what you're good at and what your profession is you're already putting yourself in a position where people see you as a kind of authority because you've got their attention and then you can grow it from there. I used to go to lots of networking events when I was a development manager at a theatre and that was after I was poorly. So I had to build up my network from zero. The only people I knew in Wolverhampton were my school friends and doctors and family. And that wasn't going to help me in my career, but I've always been ambitious. So um I started going to networking events and then I had the opportunity to talk to people. Consistency is really important as well to keep showing up regularly because then people kept calling me Charlotte from the Grand Theatre and people <laughs> still call me Charlotte from the Grand Theatre even though I've been running my own business for a, um, a year or so now but it's to yeah take these opportunities because you'll realize that people don't want you to fail people want to learn from you what can you tell them which they haven't heard before? It doesn't have to be huge, groundbreaking, cutting-edge insights. Um, it just has to be a few steps beyond what they know already. So the event I presented at earlier in the year with TEDx, um, Claire from TEDx, that was about the rule of one, which is fundamental in copywriting. But quite a few people came up to me afterwards saying, wow, that was great, that was so useful. So something that seems quite simple to us can be really transformative for somebody else. Yeah, it, and absolutely. And if you're starting out in copywriting as well, I did a workshop for the Black Country um, Business Festival last October. I started conversion copywriting in April. Um, so I took the fundamentals, made that into a workshop and did that by putting myself out there that would help me build my authority I want people to keep seeing me and associating me with copywriting like nobody chooses the jar at the back of the fridge you've got to be out there talking about what you know I agree 100% so thank you so much Charlotte that's been fantastic really good to hear from you today um if people want to get in touch with you how best do they find you so my website is charlottethecopywriter.com and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram at Charlotte the Copywriter. And on my website, I've got a sign-up form for 
I send a weekly email with stories and tips about presentation skills. Everybody's heard about my TEDx. They've been on my um, (laughs) (laughs) my email list. But yeah, other other projects that I'm working on as well and any events and workshops that I'm doing as well. Fantastic. So to be sure, be sure to check out Charlotte. I'll put the links in the show notes as well below. So thank you for today and great to hear from you and good luck with your next venture. Thank you so much, Ella. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Cracking Copy podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride. Don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts. And more details and resources are in our show notes. So we'll see you next time.